welcome you guys to another episode of the Hygiene Profit Leaders Podcast. So my name is Renee Williamson. I am here today with Brittany Smith. We are Scheduling Institute Certified Clinical Trainers, and we want to talk to you guys today about the importance of patient education. So it seems like just, you know, maybe like a minor subject, but as Brittany and I got looking at this and talking about it, it really is just so important to everything that we do. So we're excited to come together and talk to you guys about it today. Just a little bit more about me and then Brittany, we definitely want you to share a little bit about you. But like I said, my name is Renee Williamson. Um, I have been with the Scheduling Institute now for going into my seventh year. I've been in dentistry for almost 30 years. So work started as a chairside assistant and then pretty much through my time in the dental office, worked every chair except for the doctor chair and um, the hygiene chairs. So I've been in the office for a long time, managed some large group practices, and then now have been on the consulting side of the business for about 15 years. So a lot to say, um, definitely. But as we go through the information today, I wanted to just tell you that. So, you know, you guys could understand that, you know, Brittany and I really do get what you do there. And with our experience today, we hope that we can enlighten you and excite you about patient education. So Brittany, tell them a little about yourself. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Renee. I'm, I'm excited to be on this podcast with you. But my name is Brittany Smith. I'm a certified clinical trainer at Scheduling Institute, and I am going into my fourth year at SI. Previously, I was in dentistry for five years as a dental assistant. I was a CDA. I was an RDA. I was an EFDA. I did everything that I possibly could to try to be as educated as I could be, to be the best assistant that I could be. And it's funny that with all of that education, nobody focused on the importance of patient education or a lot of the things that we're going to talk about today. That wasn't taught anywhere in anything that I did. And so I think that's why I feel like we have to focus on it so much with team members, but we've been there. Like you said, like I've been there and, and it's more of a reflection thing where when I think about when I was an assistant and as much as I loved it, as much as I love my doctors, my patients, my coworkers, you know, we just, we didn't focus on these things. We, we didn't focus on patient education. It was more of like patient education was telling them what a filling is and way too much detail. <laughs> they don't even want it anymore because they're so freaked out. But when I think about the most, the doctors that I think are like the best doctors and the hygienists that I worked with that were the best hygienists and even the other assistants that I worked with that were the best assistants, they were the ones that put a, a big focus on patient education and they were the most successful. Absolutely. Absolutely, Brittany. That is such the truth, such the truth. And I know you've been in a lot of the offices with the Scheduling Institute. You know, I know you're probably pushing close to 400 or so. And, you know, I've been in um, close to 700. So together, we've seen a lot of different things, even outside of our time ourselves in the office. So yeah, we didn't do it a lot. And then, you know, as we go around and visit with our clients, we're, you know, we see, you know, some offices definitely, you know, do some patient education. But, you know, today we just really want to make sure that everybody understands, 
it is so important at the end of the day in everything that you do. So let's take a look at it a little bit, Brittany. You know, patient education is important because it promotes so many things. But today, what I want to look at and talk about with you is, you know, how would it how it promotes real patient-centered care, right? It increases case acceptance and compliance. It builds trust, increases referrals, which I know that's hard to believe, but at the end of the day, all of that is what makes a successful hygiene department or a dental practice. So would you agree? Absolutely. The, the way to show your patients that you care about them is to invest in them, to invest your time, invest your resources, to spend time to educate them. They really value that because nobody else ever has. No, no. Right? When I see the ones that the team members that do it really well, they get that reaction from their patients where they're like, oh my goodness, nobody has ever explained that. Nobody has ever made a connection between my diabetes and my oral health. Nobody has ever helped me with all of these issues. Why has nobody ever helped me with this before? And so immediately, like you said, trust them. It right. builds trust and, and wow, you must really care so much about me and you're so focused on me as the patient that you must really have my best interest at heart and you want what's good for me. You're not just throwing treatment at me to make money. That's and right. It's like, no, wow, you're, you're really focusing on me and you care about me. That's it. That's it. So if we can use education, then the patient definitely feels like we care about them. And, you know, we've learned from Dr. Cialdini that when a person is involved with them um, and then both parties are working towards the common goal, then people are more likely to move forward with what they need. So it's like then there's no arm twisting. It's not like you said all about the money. It's you showed you cared about me by educating me around this. And so therefore now that's a patient-centered practice, right? And it starts from the very beginning. So how do we show them we're patient-centered from the time we answer the phone, right? We have that five-star call. We want to make it easy to access care. Then when they come in, we provide that amazing experience. And, you know, we understand what's important to them by, by going through the patient interview and what they might value and what their barriers might be. And going through all of those things is just not something that everybody does, right? And so uh, immediately right off the bat, we're showing them that, that we care about them. And then, of course, once we show them that we care about them, then liking is established. So now we've really earned the right to, to get them to what they need, right? Uh, you would agree that if, if we like somebody, we're more likely to move forward with their recommendations, right? That if you like them, you want, you know, you trust them and, yeah. and you're really more likely to move forward. If you don't like them, you are not going to move forward. You want to leave. You don't ever want to come back and you're not even listening to anything they might say to you. So, and it's something that I think that we almost take for granted where, you know, especially if you've been at a skin institute office for a long time and you've been following these processes for a long time, you think this is normal. And it's until you have to go to a different medical office or something of your own that you realize this is not normal. And people are so used to not being treated like they're a person and that they're cared for. And it's it's usually is that they're just they're just somebody else. If they don't come, somebody else will. 
And so when you make them feel valued, they want to stay and be a patient, but they also do want to move forward with treatment because you've gone through the time to educate them and, and make them feel special and get them acquainted to your practice and give them that great experience. And it's like, yeah, I, I do. I want to do whatever you tell me to do because I like you and I like this practice and I want to come back and I, I want to bring friends too. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's how I feel. So yes, so then just getting to know them, um, showing them that we're patient-centered by educating them and helping them understand where they are and their care and what they need, then, you know, that leads to case acceptance at a higher rate, right? So, you know, many of the tools that we use to educate the patients increase case acceptance. The patient really needs to understand, you know, why they have a need, um, not just what the need is. And once they understand why and what they need, they're ready to make an informed decision and move forward with the care. So the education then leads to a higher rate of case acceptance, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and I think the key thing that you said is like understanding, like understanding the why and understanding not only just like why they need that treatment, but with a lot of the tools that we have, they need to understand why we're using them. Like That's why- right are we doing that interview and asking them those questions, right? If we're not, if we're just doing that and then not giving a great handoff with that information and making sure that everyone's on the same page and we're never using that information when we talk to them, they're kind of like, okay, I don't know. Like there's no value in that if you never use it. That's and right. it's making sure that they understand that we're using these different tools. And even while you're, you're doing some of these things, like walk them through it, tell them why it's important for you to get this information and how we use it, because that just shows them again, that how patient centric you are and that you're focusing on them and making sure that you have everything you need to make the most informed decision so that they can make the most informed decision. That's right. That's right. That is critical. I, I fully agree, Brittany. So definitely in a few minutes, we want to talk about some of the tools that we can use to educate them and help to promote that case acceptance. But, you know, once a patient understands through your education, they're definitely more likely to comply. So, you know, comply with what, right? Well, comply with the treatment that you recommend or comply with the frequency of the visits that you want them to have the home care tools you want them to use. Just, you know, overall compliance happens through education. And right. then that leads to the case acceptance. But, you know, if we're patient-centered and, you know, there's no arm twisting, we use the principles to get them to like us. Um, then we use tools to help them to understand what they need, why they need it. Then, of course, at the end of the day, it is just then the patient has that high level of trust based on all of that, to move forward with what we recommend. And you guys all would agree with me and Brittany that, that you know, a high level of trust is a big one. And without it, like we talked about a minute ago, patients just aren't going to do what they need to do. But utilizing the tools that we have to educate them is, at the end of the day, really what gets them to trust us, right? If, if we just tell them all day what we recommend, but we never took a minute to get to know them, show them and teach them the what and why, then, you know, they still just think it could be about the money, I think. Right, Brittany? And not just, um, you know, when they see it, I guess they believe it. And when they understand what they need, then they can move forward. Confused patients just don't buy 
educated patients buy, right? They understand and then they follow our recommendations. And so when they, we go through all of these steps and they've got that level of trust, they do the care we recommend because we spent the time to educate. You know, at the end of the day, you guys, the biggest one then comes next is the referrals, right? So you've gotten all, all of that done and you got your patients to comply with your treatment. But if you've done that right through your education process, then, then they're going to send their family and friends and the people that they know because all of that occurred for them, right? And so referrals, yeah, how important are referrals to a practice, Brittany? <laughs> right? Referrals should be our main source of new patients. Right. You're not going to get that. You know, you can ask for referrals. You may still get more than normal. But when I start referring people places, it's because I had a wow experience. It's because I was blown away and I had an experience that was different from other companies or other places. And so it's when I have that that different experience as a new customer, but they build the trust. They usually teach me something new through education or just being different from other places. That's when I'm like, oh my goodness, all of my friends and family have to come here because I had a great experience. I trust these people. I know that if my friends and family come, they're going to get the same experience and that's what they deserve. And I want to tell everybody and not, not just for my benefit, but for their benefit because of the experience that I had. And it's like, I will beg people to go somewhere and to support a business that I like, but that's where your loyalty comes in. That's it, Brittany. But you know, and that's, that's what I want you guys to think about today is Brittany and I are talking about it, right? If we don't take the time to educate them and we just say, well, you need to do this and this is going to be best for you. I recommend, and we haven't educated them around all of that. Then, then again, you know, it's all about the money. There's no connection. And then there's no referral either, right? Most likely they don't as often accept the care that you recommend to them and they don't refer their family and friends. So, you know, what you're recommending to me, Renee, I send my friends and family to be tricked into treatment. If that's how I feel that I'm being treated, I would never want anybody to come and experience that. That's right. So you educate them and then all of the rest falls into place for you guys. So, you know, really, you know, we want you to understand that taking the time out and educating them is really what's going to help to move your departments forward. And so we've gone through and talked about the importance there, but Let's spend a few minutes, Brittany, just talking about some of the ways then we can use, what are some of the tools that we could use to educate the patients? And, you know, we have to remember when we go about educating our patients that people all learn in different learning styles, right? Some people like to touch it. Some people like to, if you just show me what to do, then I can do it. And others are like, no, write it down for me step by step, and and then I can learn how to do it, right? Somebody's like, no, just let me do it, and then I'll know how to do it. So everybody has a different style and how they learn, and so do the patients that we work with every day. So it's important for us to recognize, you know, and you guys do this in the offices right now, you know, with your patient interview, you're asking them. Are you somebody that likes a lot of information or, you know, are you very bottom line? Just, you know, give me the the short facts and, and we'll move forward. So, 
you guys, you know, going for that interview helps you to get a better idea of their learning style. But remember that everybody's is different. And you know, what I have found is that if we don't hit on the right learning style for them, then they don't move forward. They don't accept. And so if you're, you're somebody that you feel like, man, I'm educating my patient and I'm working to get them to where they need to be. Maybe it's just that you're not using the right learning style. Maybe you're showing and they need to touch it, right? Maybe they need to, I say, take it for a drive, right? So yeah, that's something to think about for sure. But my favorite thing, Brittany, and I don't know what you like, but I really enjoy the intraoral camera. You know, I go into a lot of offices and, you know, some use it. Definitely the successful offices use it. Some offices aren't quite comfortable with it. And so they don't use the intraoral camera as often as they could. But I don't, I don't know about you, Brittany, but when I was in the practice myself, it was almost like if I would just take a picture and put that picture up on the screen, before I knew it, the patients were like asking me for information. And then like an open door to educate them, right? I wasn't just trying to push information. They wanted it. And so, yeah, intro camera is my favorite. I would use that every day of the week. Did you guys use that one a lot in your practice, Brittany? We really didn't, but I think it was just because we, we didn't train on it. So like we had one at the practice, yeah. but the doctor knew how to use it kind of, okay. <laughs> she, yeah. I would have to help her, but there was zero training for me to ever use it. There was no, an opportunity for me to ever use it. And our hygienist didn't use it either. And so it was only when the doctor decided that she wanted to get a picture of something. And so it was like, you're exactly right. Where when we did use it. The patients were asking, what is that? How do I fix it? What can we do? And so when you think back on it, it's like, okay, so why didn't we use that more? Okay, due to lack of education. Right. And that's the case is we don't know how to use it. We're not comfortable using it uh, just because we never have before. But it was such a time saver. Oh, gosh, yes, right? I always say like a picture speaks a thousand words. So you want to, you know, use your words and talk, talk, talk and try to convince them of something. Um, for me, it was like, just put the picture up there. It speaks for itself, right? My words then are limited. They're buying in. It's not just me educating, right? To tell them that they need something. They could actually see it for themselves, right? right? So I think that's a really great tool to use. And since you guys did not use the camera so much, Brittany, what did you guys use that worked well for you all in your education with the patients? So something that we used that worked really well kind of down the road at a different practice that I worked at, right. back that I'm referring to, um, we spent a lot of time talking and it didn't work. Yeah, now, right. Uh, we didn't use much that did, <laughs> but at a different practice I worked at, we did use the interroll cameras very often along with just nice photos with a regular nice camera. And so when we would gather that all together, not only did it help during case presentation, but something that we did was we would use that when they didn't accept treatment. Maybe they just weren't totally bought in yet, or there was a different barrier that we weren't able to overcome. And we would print that out on their treatment plan and we put it into a folder and we would send it home with them. And so many people called back same day, next day, within the next couple of days because they had this picture of this ugly tooth that had problems with it and they couldn't 
stopped looking at it and they were like, okay, forget it. Like I need to fix yeah. this tooth. It's haunting me. Let's get this taken care of. So I, that one's definitely my favorite too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm very visual. I like to, that's how I would like to see it. Like show me what's going on. I, I'm very visual, but also the models holding the models oh, yes. it and feel it and understand how it works. There's a lot of great resources for educating patients and we're all different. That's why we figure out who needs what. But for me, it's definitely the photos and the models allow me to visually see it and then like actually feel it. Maybe that's the implementer in me, but I need to feel it and see how it works. That answers way more questions for me than having to read a brochure or to watch a video or any of that. Like I would much rather just like get my hands on it and then I can see how it works and looks like and answer my own questions. That's right. That's right. And that that's again, you know, do you try to explain all of that or do you just put that model in their hands, right? right. So some really great tools, you guys, overall intro camera always wins straight up, you know, pictures worth a thousand words, seeing is believing, you know, use your cameras to help your patients and educate them. But you know, Casey, you know, different, I know there's the spear videos, different kind of videos. Some people like to really see the treatment that you're recommending, what that looks like. So that's a great tool. The models, like you said, I love the models when it came time to explain an implant and how the implant was different from the actual crown and how the implant went into the bone. That works really good, you know, and then there are some fact finders that even though you might show them the video, let them take a spin with the model, you've given them a picture, they still might like to read some facts in a brochure, right? And I'm a big fact finder, um, so I do like some of those details. Um, however, that's later for me, right? At first, I just need you to show me what it is. I want clear picture. And then I might like to go back and really figure it out. So brochures, I think, have kind of gone away a little bit. And I know right now and this time we're not passing a lot of things. But, you know, brochures still do have a place. But what do you think about testimonials? Do you think testimonials as a tool to educate the patients on how much better it's going to be for them if they move forward? Do you find that that works, Brittany? Yeah, that's social proof. Yeah, that's right. I, if I, especially when it comes to anything cosmetic or really just anything that I care about, especially if I'm going to spend a lot of money on it, I want to see what you've done with other people. What do other people's teeth look like after you work on them? What am I going to get? Like, what do I have to expect? And so when I can see those testimonials and hear from other patients of, literally being able to see this is the work that I had done. This is how I felt when I was there. This is how I felt afterwards. And like you wow. see social proof, it's like, okay, yes, I want that too. This is a different person, an unbiased third party. Right. I, if I don't trust you yet, Renee, right. This random person who has nothing, I assume nothing to gain from this. And so it just, and it lets somebody do the talking for you. And then it's not you trying to sell yourself. It's somebody else kind of selling you along with the other tools. That's right. That's right. So there really are a lot of tools that you guys can use. And, you know, we've talked a lot about a lot of things today, right? We talked about how education promotes, you know, a patient-centered care. It promotes case acceptance. It promotes trust and compliance. It helps us to get more referrals when a patient is educated and truly understanding of their care. 
when we use these tools then that that is just kind of like seals the deal right so seeing is believing and understanding is moving forward so you know the thing that i want you guys really to get today as we you know close up this podcast is that patients need to have that education and and oftentimes and Brittany, i was i was guilty of it myself but oftentimes i would get caught up in just the tasky things of the the day or go getting through that appointment that maybe I would feel like, oh gosh, I don't have time to get the camera out, or I'm not sure where those models are of that implant. So, you know, I'm just gonna talk, 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 you know, for a few minutes and uh, see if I can't just get through this, right? But what I realized over time is that if I actually took the time out to go through the things that we've talked about today and then using the tools to help to educate them, that the compliance and the acceptance, the referrals, just the overall happiness our patients felt because of that made a big difference. And so if you take away anything from today, you guys, you have to take the time out to educate, right? Brittany, you see power in that. Oh yeah. And these, I mean, these tools are not secondary. Like this is not your last attempt to try to get the patient to say yes after you've already explained it and they're still not buying it, this should be intentional. This should be something that you've prepared for and it's part of your everyday and you find the time to do this. You can find it. If it's important to you and you see the value, it's just finding when it makes sense to do these things, right? And it's not necessarily, you're not going to play a Casey video and sit next to the patient and watch it with them. Right. right? going right. to be doing something else at the same time. If you've got it, you know, if the doctor's going to do you know, a hygiene check or something, and you're trying to build value for the next visit when they come in, or if they go, if you're waiting on the doctor to come and do a hygiene check or whatever it is, like play the video when you're doing something else to just add in that extra layer of education. Already have it planned of using the interroll camera. If you're doing it as like a trying to last resort, trying to convince the patient, it is going to be sloppy. You're not going to remember where the models are. It's going to take way more time to, you know, find it and set it up than it should but if you're prepared and you're intentional, you can find the time and prioritize what the patient's going to need based on what they've already told you. Yeah. You can make it work that's and right. you have the time not to. That's right. You don't have the time not to. That's, that's exactly it. Don't let the tasky things get in the way that you don't take time out to educate. I mean, if we know that it leads to all of the things that we've talked about today, then it really is a big deal. You know, we want your patients to accept your care. We want them to like you. We want the practice to grow. We want you to feel confident that you're making a difference in people's lives. And it all comes through that education. So, yeah, great stuff, right? So a lot to think about, you guys. Um, But we know that you are great clients and you all do work hard. You are looking for tools and ideas to help you to be your very best. And so... We thank you for joining us today for this podcast and, you know, your role, especially as a hygienist in patient education is a top priority. So take the time, get them to um, where they need to be by using the tools and techniques we discussed today. And we'll catch up with you again on another podcast. Sound good, Brittany? Thanks, Renee. Thanks for being here today, Brittany. I appreciate you so much. And we'll talk again soon, you guys. Thank you. 